Today on Parent Time, we find out what it takes exactly to be one of Australia's leading children's entertainers as we chat to the one and only Don Spencer on Benny Asking People Questions. I wasn't quite sure how to start this interview, basically, because I kind of feel like a, a kid with a bit part in some high school musical and... Um, for some reason, someone's, you know, inexplicably given me a one-hour session, you know, private tuition with Meryl Streep. I don't know why I'm – I don't know how this has happened, but I'm sitting here opposite uh, early childhood music uh, royalty. Don Spencer, thank you very much for joining me today. <laughs> uh, royalty, that's a good one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I looked everywhere I've been called a lot of things, but not that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there should be a crown around here somewhere. Um, with all your experience and all your years – what goes into a good kid song? What makes a good kid song? Well, I mean, there, obviously there are, there are the, the simplistic way of looking at it is, is participation, mm. uh, and, and that's very important for very young kids because they like to be a part of song. I mean, adults do, do. You go to a show, they like to join in. Um, I've always had a slightly different approach to children's music. Um, did a lot of traditional nursery rhymes and all sorts of things that are catchy and and people uh, respond to because they've been around forever. But I always like to write songs that uh, make the kids think a bit. Mm. I've often used words that might not be that straightforward that they'll have to learn to how to say it and uh, eventually learn what it means, of course. So... Uh, I was criticised a lot uh, by some people when I, I, I brought out some albums like with titles like Feathers, Fur or Fins. Sure. Because people would say, oh, a kid's never going to be able to say that. But they did. They learned. Yeah. You know, and it was nice alliteration that was a bit of a challenge. Mm. And the thing about it is if you put more into a song, uh, I don't think they get sick of it as quickly. They, they Yeah, sure. Like, there's still something that they're learning. I don't want to get too profound about it. I mean, it's, you know, you have songs that you, you you've obviously got to entertain the children. Yep. You've got to keep their attention, so you don't get out there and sing something that's too obscure. But yep. I just within that sort of framework, I've always been a songwriter first and foremost. So I I like the idea of extending it instead of just singing. Yeah, sure. Twinkle, twinkle, little star all the time. You might. Yep. Do that to the very young kids, and that's lovely and nice actions. And but I would also write my own things, and I'd put something in it that would make them. Yeah. They might participate, but they might not be sure what it all means. Yeah, sure. So uh, even things like hand jive or something. They, what does jive mean to a child? Yeah, sure, but of course. They sort of learn, but you know, it's uh, everybody to their own. Yeah, but right. First and foremost, you've got to entertain them, and you've got. And kids, as you know, are uh, uh, boy. They don't. They don't have any pretense. They're they, they're spontaneous. Yeah, they sure. either like you or they don't. Yeah. Are so, you all, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say. So you, they've got to like you, mm. uh, and somehow or other, you've. I think you've got to be yourself. I think mm. I, one thing I do find a bit disconcerting with a lot of things I watch. And a lot of people who perform for children is that they, uh, I think a lot of them are patronising. They sure. talk down to the children yep. or they'll, they'll talk in this funny way as though it's going to sort of connect. And yeah, I, sure. I don't, I don't uh, 
subscribe to that. <laughs> I talk to them like I'm talking to you always. Yeah. Anybody, any child. Does it, did you, did, was a lot of that learnt on the play school years? Because obviously play school is, is, it's a, I mean, it's one of the rare shows that has real heavy early childhood concepts and developers on that show and it's all designed as a, for, for a preschool kind of environment. I, we, it's still, yeah, it's still, it's still probably the best show that's absolutely. ever been on for kids because uh, play school does take the time and it's it's very well constructed and uh, it's not a flash of colour and zip, zip. Uh, you actually talk to the child mm. and you have to look down the barrel of the camera and you're mm. talking to them like like you're talking to a child in, in a room and uh, the script's uh, constructive and... It's uh, yeah. It's it's a show where you really connect with a child if you if you can do it. A lot of people can't do it, and I, I don't mean that to say, oh gosh, we're good because we <laughs> did do it. But a lot of actors tried out for that show. A lot of great actors. Mm. Around, I did it in England as well, and there were people like Jeremy Irons and things, wonderful really? actors, that. But they failed the play school audition because they could act, but and but they couldn't look down the camera and actually be it, themselves. Yeah and talk to uh, the child. And this container is full of wool. Right. So the containers are ready. The ship's ready. But I have to finish off the crane. The crane's the thing that's going to lift the containers into the ship. I think that's... You've really hit on something. I was talking to uh, the piano player Peter Dacent um, recently, and he was talking about... he obviously being the, the piano player for the show, also runs the auditions as well or is the piano player in the auditions. And he was saying an interesting thing in the 15 years I think he's been doing it that he knows within 30 seconds of an audition whether someone has it or mm. if someone doesn't. Yeah. And I think you've really struck something quite important there is I think people have, and this goes towards children's content as well, people have a bit of a preconceived idea of what's right for kids and what kids want. Mm. And it's not a... Often, always no. right. No, no. Well, I guess the problem they face is that they watch it, I suppose, and see somebody else doing it and say, "Well, that works for them, so mm. I'll probably try mm. to be like that and have that sort of presentation." But I think the most important thing of all for a show like that is the fact that you're the real. You have to be what you are because mm. the kids will see through you. The kids will definitely see through. You can't keep acting for nonstop on yeah. something like that. Are your live so, shows vastly different to your recorded work? Uh, no, not vastly different. Um, my 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 live shows are pretty easy going. I mean, I've got some songs where the kids have to do pretty sure. solid action stuff. Yep. You know, stand up or boomerang. There's actions in it, but yep. most of my songs are about subjects. I mean, I yep. write, but ninety percent of the songs are factual things about Australia, animals, or yeah. or, or I did the same in England. Uh, so I kind of always had this idea of of having content in my songs, mm. or even oh gosh, I don't want to sound holy, but even sort of you are royalty, moral, sort so of moral, sort of moral <laughs> things you can put into a song mm. for kids, you know, like whether it's you know, I don't know, but it's just nice to get a message across gently without you know putting mm. it down their throat. You know, so. I think one thing about your when you talk about your content is you obviously draw a huge amount from the Australian um, 
uh, way of life, I guess. Mm. And more from the bush perspective, you are looking at the animals and things like that. And you do talk about specifically. There's the album, um, the uh, classical creatures. I think it is where you, where you, you talk about all the animals, but, but it's never a fantasy. You might talk about an animal, but it's a realistic thing about that animal. You don't talk about a koala going on a bus into the town and fight. You know, no, it's, it's no, about no. what the koala is doing realistically. Just tell from that. Look, it's it's a mixture in a way. It, it's quite a. It, 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 I've written like okay, hundreds of songs about. Australia, animals, or you know, other animals around the mm. world, or, or places and things. You can't just say it's got four legs and it's furry and it's got two eyes or something. You've got to have an angle. So I always take the factual angle, like mm. Aussie Mozzie or something, you know, yeah. Aussie Mozzie and little Aussie, Aussie Cozzy, uh, <laughs> because it is only the female that bites, not yeah. the male. You know, so in the in the song, I've got the fact to beware, yeah. watch out, da da da. But it's a female of the species that's, you know, biting us to pieces. Yeah, 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 yeah uh, sure. And with a koala, I'm a koala, not a bear, because yeah. everybody was, used to call them koala bears. So yeah. it's a fun song, you know, I'm a koala, not a bear. Yeah. And I don't think it's fair. Yeah. But it's but you're sneaking but, in But it's kind message. of a factual thing in yeah. there that what, what it would be. Don't ever step on a snake, you know. Yeah, you wouldn't like it if someone stepped on you. I'm a koala, not a bear, and I don't think it's fair The way that people always add a word that isn't there I'm a marsupial and proud of it, and there can be no doubt of it I'm closer to a kangaroo than I am to a bear, so please don't... Anyway, I just uh, always like to... i tell you why I started all that stuff, if it's of any interest to you. I, Huge interest. I did play school... <laughs> And I was a songwriter, like pop songs and everything, and, and recording. And, but when I was doing play school, after a while, I began to realize that it was the same songs that everybody sang when I was a child. Sure. It was the same nursery rhymes, the same thing. And I said, boy, there's hardly any songs that we ever do that relate to our country. I did the same in England. I am Australian, but I did yep. a lot of work in England. And I went, I started to write about what was yep. there rather than Humpty Dumpty sat on yep. the wall and, you know, Incy Wincy Spider, and they're all cute songs. Uh, and when I came back to Australia, because I was away for about this part of 15, 16 years or something, I came backwards and forwards, but I was living overseas yep. for a long time. I thought, oh, I'm just going to write some songs about Australia because there's sort of nothing it's in nothing the kids' there. songbook, yep. that almost nothing that really was children's yep. songs. And uh, that's how I started with the Animals, Australian animal songs, Feathers for Our Friends, and Bob the Kelpie, and all those things, yep. you know, all factual things. Bob rounds up the sheep, you know. Yeah, and, that, and that, did any any of that stuff end up on Play School? Did they use any of your original stuff on Play School? Oh yeah, I've got a lot. I mean, I, yeah. yeah. Funnily enough, I don't watch it myself much these days, of course. Cause I, I think unless you have things. a three <coughs> yeah. or four year old with you, I don't think many people do. Well, sit down funnily and watch enough, it. I went <laughs> I went to visit a friend literally four days ago, and. Uh, and they've got a uh, two-and-a-half-year-old. And I walked in, and play school was on, and they were singing one of my songs. Uh, oh, really? Which one? Uh, spaghetti. <coughs> yeah, right, and okay. Spaghetti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spaghetti going round and Yeah, round. right. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. And uh, I think they did two, so- two of my songs in that one program. So um, it's always nice when you see that. It's good. So you're because because one thing I do want to touch on is is the Australian aspect of of a lot of your stuff. So did it? So you're saying it's less 
less that you had a burning desire to share the country with everyone, but it was more you're just going. The kids that are watching this stuff just aren't represented. They're not what what's relevant to them. They're not singing about anything that's at their front door or out in their backyard or anything. Yeah. Is that kind of was the idea of it, or do you do or do you have a deep passion for Australia? Well, I do. Uh, kind of a late one. I mean, I grew up in the country, and I left when I was. Uh, just 19, to go overseas. Uh, and I didn't really... I didn't really appreciate it that much. Sure. You know, I just... We had a pretty tough... tough uh, when I was young. And I went overseas and didn't start writing songs till I was, you know, over there. And um, when I came back to Australia, I just thought, well, yeah, this is beautiful and mm. all that stuff. And I thought, hey, I wanted to to write about Australia, yeah. but also I wanted the kids to learn about Australia because there, there are definitely just not enough songs for children yeah, sure. about Australia. Sheep are cute, sheep are beautiful, sheep are soft and curly. But when I take them into town, I have to start up early because they never go the way I want, so I need someone to help me. I just give a whistle and I call for Bob the Kelpie. Come on, Bob, come on. I think also to your songs, one thing about them, particularly the ones about Australia, is there's a lot of joy in what you sing about and there's a lot of the outback kind of farming kind of concepts through there. But they're joyous. I mean, not a lot of people sing about working on the land and and add joy to it. Usually it's, you know, how hard going it is and stuff. Well, it is hard going, I know. Absolutely. But you've, and you've obviously experienced that growing up, but you you choose to share, like Bob the Kelby is is a brilliant example of a song that's about, Shearing and sheep and mustering yep. and it's and it's hard work and it's hot and it's it's yep. really hard, but it's just fun and it's all about a dog and it's fun and it's a great yep. and it makes light of it you know. Well, that's that's often the best way of <coughs> excuse me. That's often the best way of uh, of treating anything, isn't it? I mean, if you can look on the light side, you can get your message across mm. probably better than if you start painting a dark picture. Yeah, uh, that's a very good point. But particularly <laughs> for children, you know, into things like that. But, I mean, it can be fun on the farm. There's no question about it. And out the back is, is one. Come on, Bob. Bob the Kelpie, he's my mate. He never lets me down. He loves to ride in the back of the ute when we go into town. And we never have to lock it up with Bob there for protection. Cause he will bark at anything that comes in his direction. Sheep are cute, sheep You know, you've got to make the song fun. Well, I'd say fun, they're not all fun. A panda song and things like that, that's about it's know, got, again, conservation goes... because, you know, I say, you know, if they've got a panda, we go and have a look at the panda. It's beautiful, it's black and white. You can take mm-hmm. a picture in black and white, blah, blah, blah. And the end of it, I say, you know, um, take the chance to see a panda before he says goodbye. Mm-hmm. That's all you say. Yeah, yeah. But it's... It's just it's a way of, of pointing out the fact, you know, you do the same with by song about trees, you know. And it's all but it's about conservation, yeah. like what we need are more trees. Look what lives in trees all that day. You've been plant a tree, you know. So, so particularly that panda line, you're not necessarily offering suggestions or um, solutions either. You're kind of going, oh, yeah. I'm just throwing these out there. The kid inevitably is going to take that in and it might not be to the fourth or fifth listening oh, when yes. they're at the table with a parent and they go, Hey, why do we need to? What does that mean? You know. Well, the fact, fact is, it means two things. Hey, mm. you you wave goodbye anyhow when you've seen it. But but the profound part is the mm. fact that we are waving goodbye to the yeah. panda, and uh, so you know it's uh, it's I guess it's like I said earlier. I, 
if I got a chance to put a message in a song, I might do it. But whether you eat well or not, it's like have a balanced diet. It's a yeah, way to sure. try it. You know, it's just, just, uh, just so I like to write songs. Yeah, sure. Do you see it changing much in the landscape nowadays? Is it, do you think it's a little bit? It's, I mean, is there more? I guess for the for the lack of a better term, more Australiana kind of getting through on some. Well, of I don't stuff? think everybody has to write about Australia. Like it was just what I wanted to mm. do at the time because I'd been away and I kind of my way of celebrating getting back and and as I said, I wanted to write kids songs. Who well, were not write about the country they're growing up in, and uh, it's not much different than write educational things like the times tables and all those sorts of things. Put them to music, make it easier to learn. Sure. But I, I'm not. I think what's different about the the, the uh, children's market nowadays, and when I started on Play School and did all those other things, was that it's very commercial now. It's it's incredibly a commercial market. Mm. And I mean, obviously, you you know, I, I made records or albums, <laughs> records, CDs, albums. <laughs> um, and you wanted to sell them, but it, it wasn't a giant marketing thing, and mm. play school still isn't. But there are so many uh, TV shows now out there that are just basically marketing tools. They just they have a whole bunch of characters, and they, they push sell it the towel, and it. sell the cup, and sell the plate. Yep, and uh, it's just like, how many of these can we sell before that one goes? And then we put on another show, and and it's so fast and furious, and you know, it's... That's why when you see something like Play School, it's been going, what, 50 years almost now? Yeah, second longest running children's program in history mm, yeah. at this day. And, I mean, look, another 10 yeah. years, it'll be the longest. Well, Play School, when you see it, I, as I said, the other day is the first time I'd seen it. Watched it for a couple of years. The last time was, I think, when I was on it with a whole bunch of ex-presenters celebrating, I think, the 40th or 45th or something, um, was that the... Uh, it was just a delight to see these people taking the time to just talk and slowly build something and this, hmm. this goes there and what is this going to be and and they're taking their time. Everything is so fast and furious. Well, it's still one of the only shows that is a full half-hour time slot, which yeah. not many shows do because I just don't think many shows can sustain no. that half-hour, but it's the joy of how it, it, as like you're saying, it does pick a, an idea and it builds on that idea. Yeah. When you were on Play School... Because obviously, like you're pointing out, there's a lot. There was a lot less choice back then as well. Like I mean, nowadays there's three. Oh yes. there's three or four, or five dedicated children's channels. Yeah, it, totally different. Yeah, it did put a lot. I think without anyone knowing it, it put a lot more pressure on Play School to be a provider, an entertainer provider. It had to provide a lot because there was nothing else around. Mm. I mean, were any of you even conscious of how important the show was at the time? No, no it was it just fun really, and. Yes. No, I didn't. I well, I knew was that it was. A really good. I really. I, mean, I didn't write it, so I'm not taking any. I mean, I wrote yeah, sure. songs for it, but uh, some of the songs. I mean, I wrote a lot of songs for it. But the people who wrote the song are the people who produced it, and wonderful people like Alan Kendall and uh, Henrietta Clark, who were executive. He was the original executive producer, Alan Kendall. I mean, they were completely into early childhood yeah. and what what really was important. Mm that child to, to be engaged and understand and learn. Uh, and it was just wonderful the way they worked the scripts. And uh, that 
I'm afraid doesn't seem to be as yeah, sure. prevalent. And but we had no idea that it, I had no idea that it was that important. Mm. I just knew that it was a good show. Yeah, sure. And it's I knew from the response of, of the kids and the parents that uh, people liked it. Way down low. And onto the container. And right. Then up, 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 up. And down, 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 down. Ready for the other containers. On you go. I imagine the viewing audience is a lot less now than it used to be because there were only a couple of channels and it was it, it yeah. just owned its time slot. Well, I think a lot of parents are kind of it's it survives through nostalgia. You know, I think people keep passing it on to their kids because You're all right. of us have such deep fond memories of that program. Yeah, you know, yeah. and, and and I think. Even though we may not know why, and I think because we don't necessarily sit down like this and discuss why, yeah. we all know intrinsically there's something very important and yes. very good and very real about that yeah. show. And we hold on to that. And then I think when our own children come along, we think, I don't know what to do because there's so much choice. Yeah. But I, I'm pretty confident this yeah. is good. <laughs> so, it, well, you can see the other important thing is you talk about the extra channels, but of course, uh, for many, many years, didn't have DVDs and instant replays and internet and all the yeah. other things that are available now. True. People, uh, uh, you, you know, so people you had to watch the show when it was on, yeah. and it was gone. Yeah, uh, you. But now people can record, do That's this, and then point. they put. They might record a couple of kids shows they like, and then every time the the child sitting there, they just put that on, and yep. then it's. Well, look, you know, the, I, we could talk about play school all day. Um, I, so basically from play school is when you really found your niche in being able to write children's music and kind of decided, you know what, I'm going to make this a good go. This is something I really feel uh, strongly about. No, I'd written some children's songs before that. Yeah. Uh, um, but I was mainly trying to make a living writing, you know, mm. pop songs uh, and uh, was doing okay. But I was performing as well and acting in series. I only ever acted in drama series because I couldn't make enough money writing songs. But every time I, every time I made enough writing songs, I'd stop. Yeah, right. I'd stop the acting. So. I was going to say, you're the only musician I know who actually, in order to pay their bill, gets an acting gig. That's, that's well, pretty, pretty rare. Well, I've, it's a tough business to be in. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> you know, they're all tough. So I was lucky that I... Had it, I could wear a lot of different hats. Yeah. I could write and songs. I could sing a little bit, and I could, I could act a bit, and I could, I could play a bit. So I mean, mm. uh, you covered. Uh, uh, yeah, when one wasn't working, somebody else would always work. So I've managed to sort of make a reasonable living. living. Yeah, great. Uh, full-time without having to do anything else. So now we haven't got you for much longer. I know I've only no, got a right. couple of minutes up our sleeve, but I want to move on. I do want to talk to you just purely musicianship. I want to talk about because you, you have a pretty standard palette through all your songs. Like um, there's very much it's the guitar. There's um, a lot of banjo going through them. There's a it feels like there's a very similar thing. And I know and I don't know if that's not on everything because then there's um, there's obviously albums like the Animal albums where you just obviously all of a sudden there's an orchestra there as well. Yeah. Is that quite conscious, or is it just is that or just a bunch of players that you're comfortable with that you just share the space yeah, a bit of with? Both, actually, a lot of it is the fact that I was comfortable with a whole bunch of good musicians mm. who 
uh, and I always welcomed their, you know, if they had any creative ideas about mm. how to, re- you know, somebody might say, oh, I'll play a bit of mandolin on that. And you'd mm. say, hey, that sounds good, you know. But um, oh, funnily enough, it was almost the reverse because when I wrote, particularly when I was writing children's songs, the other thing about it wasn't, it wasn't just the songs. It was the different rhythms. And that's why in, in yeah. any one of those kids' albums, there's, there's a country song, there's a yep. kind of a standard song, yep. there, there'll be something with an African rhythm. Yeah. There's jazz. Yep. You know, I was using jazz chords mm. and, uh, you know, and just so the kids could yep. experience. And yep. again, people say, oh, no kid's going to sing that song. That's like a jazz song. Yeah, sure. You know, and, and they did, They you know, because it was just... Mm. But it was people kept it thought all kids would do up till not the five would be don't 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 but they they did get it and songs fast songs like Pat the Cat's mm. like goes like a bullet mm. no no kids ever going to sing that but they did yeah uh, and uh, so it wasn't there isn't a specific type of music I like because I don't I like it all so. Yeah. If I get an orchestra, I'll play with an orchestra. If I get a jazz band, I'll play with a jazz band. If I get a country band, I'll play with a country, country band. Country band, sure. I want to touch on the orchestra because that album, um, it's the it's 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 the um, called Orchestral Animals, isn't it? What's that album? Australian Classics. Australian Classics. That's it's it. called Australian Classics. Yeah. Was that a, was that because with the advent of um, computers and things like that, then you can, in some respects, sneak your way through with an orchestra that's... No, that, that was the real that deal. That was the real deal. Now, that's the Queensland Symphony Orchestra. I love my backyard birdbath and all of the pleasure that it brings. I love my backyard birdbath and I love it when the birdies sing. And a wonderful... A wonderful guy who did the arrangement, Sean O'Boyle. Yep. Uh, he now lives in New York. And uh, he did the most amazing uh, arrangements. Yeah. And, and now he took these little songs I wrote on the guitar, and boy, with a hundred piece orchestra, <laughs> like, whoa. So, yeah, we recorded about 27. Yeah, with twenty-seven tracks for the orchestra. Did you have much to do with the with the orchestration uh, and the and the arrangements on that, or did you really leave it all up to? Oh no, I didn't have any God, I couldn't orchestrate. I couldn't do that. Uh, that's above my uh, <laughs> yeah, right. above my level. No, I, I couldn't. Uh, I can't I can't arrange for an orchestra. Uh, no, Sean did all the arrangements, and I you know I had to, prove, I had to sort of yeah. Like them, but I didn't have anything to do with the arrangements. I was going to say because it's all it's every musician's dream, particularly pop musicians as well to to have the luxury of playing with an orchestra mm. i mean yeah it must have been did it feel amazing watching 100 of these people all moving all systematically to well, your song you've actually hit on something i have to say it was one of the most amazing experiences yeah. in music i've ever had in my life to, to actually sing with an orchestra because i sang with the orchestra and we did some concerts as well so you did them did, did you record them live yeah yeah okay and then then we Yep, we recorded a whole orchestra there, and with moi, <laughs> oh dear, I had I could put my guitar down. I didn't really need a guitar with a hundred piece orchestra. You must have felt and, much uh, safer with your guitar, though. But the uh, but performing to walk out on stage with an orchestra was just something unbelievable yeah. for me, you know. Um, and it was great. Uh, we'd like to take them with me everywhere I went. Yeah. <laughs> Would you do it again? Oh yeah, like a shot. Must be very um, costly, though. I mean, yeah, I know, it, it, orchestras are notoriously very costly. 
Oh, it's very expensive. Yeah. I have done a few others. I've done a little, uh, with the. Uh, well, I have done some other work. I won't bore you with my history, but I have performed with a few other smaller orchestras, yep. at, at universities and things like that, and yeah. uh, you know, like forty, fifty piece orchestras, and, yeah. and it's um, it's beautiful. Yeah, are you fun. beautiful for me? I don't know what everybody yeah. thinks. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you wildly prolific, or do you find it less and less time to write nowadays? Oh. Uh, I'm a bit embarrassed about that because I, since I started the Australian Children's Music Foundation, it's, I thought it was going to be a little hobby and it's just taken so, over yeah, my life. So sure. I'm not writing nearly as much as I used to. I just recorded a new EP, but it's it's a full-time job yeah. running. It's being a charity. We have a full-time mm. job finding the, uh, the, the funding and everything to bring, you know, because yeah. we teach disadvantaged kids and indigenous kids music. And... Uh, it's. Uh, I don't write as much as I'd like to. When I am given a timetable or a deadline, I am prolific. Yeah. If, if you said to me, yeah, sure. you have to write an album by next Saturday, yeah. next Sunday, you know, Sunday week, yeah. say, for the Sydney Symphony Orchestra. It'll be done. I'll write it. I don't mean it'll be great, but I mean I'm prolific. Once I start, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. prolific. You know, it just goes. I guess it's just like anything, isn't it? Once you're in the actual headspace to allow yourself to kind of be a bit free with mm. it, then you can do it. I, obviously, the foundation is a huge part of your life now, and I do want to just it's quickly a, yeah. touch on it. Yeah. Before we get there, I've just got one last question. I want to talk to you about the song Cooey. the window is someone calling me. Now, the reason I want to I want to talk about it is because there's something I'm. It's it's such a beautiful song that song, and I've been listening to it again and again and again, trying to just because I can, and it's I have the luxury of being able to do that. So it's been in the car incessantly, and even even my child is now over it. But there's something I don't know if "brave" is the word, but there's something quite quite wonderful about that song it's around for starters mm. there's not a lot of them there's not a lot of new no rounds going around for children no, that, there aren't. you know and it's a yeah. very simplistic not simplistic in an insulting way but it's a good melody that kids can latch on to yeah rounds aren't really about um you know even just the the, the instrument choice and those huge reverbs going through you know it just feels like the wind you know it feels yeah. like the wind just yeah. going around yeah. and you've and then the subject <laughs> matter is the wind you've just got this constant rolling of the wind and then you've got your australian aspect in there when you're talking about cooey and how cooey's a way of calling but cooey could actually be the wind what is it then you have the female coming in which to me feels like the wind going around and then the male yep. doing the i mean is this just all um Calculated and just and just really clever songwriting, or is this totally by accident? And please, for every thing good <laughs> on the earth, tell me it was really well calculated. Because if it was an accident, it, it kind it, of sets it, all it, the rest well, of us adrift. It's certainly calculated that I wanted to write around because there's not a, not enough of them around, mm. as we say. Um, the and um, the, the my daughter was singing with me on that. She was only about oh, really? fourteen at the time. I think thirteen oh. or fourteen. Wow, it's my daughter. Oh, Danielle. Of course, well, she's yeah. a great singer now. So it's she's a, a beautiful singer. Yeah, and uh, no, I wanted to write around, and I had the eye. Basically, it's just as as I kind of imagined, but it came off mm. sort of. It sounded better once we yeah right got okay. into it. It was, it had to have that mystical. Well, is that the it's, right it's, word? That sort of mm. 
yeah, elusive sort of. No, it's not the right word I'm finding, but um, and uh, it was just very lovely. Mystical. But it's I like rounds, you know. I've written mm. a couple, you know. Yeah, okay. The Song of the Seasons was another one that I that's been done quite a few times. It's been good, but they I lovely the way you know the voices come. I used to always like them when I was a kid. Yeah, it's that, just that particular song. I mean, it's it's, it's like it takes everything that you do. And it's just all there in, in kind of a perfect form. Like I just think just the way you've got the Australian thing in there, mm. you've got the bush in there, you've got just the audio of it, you've just got the good songwriting. I mean, it just feels like a real clashing of all things right, you know. Well, it's such a simple song, yeah. I mean, in all fairness. I mean, it's, I'm glad you're saying such nice things about it. Uh, but it's only because you hear Rounds it. have to be quite, quite, uh, quite simple, but so it's nice if it... Nice to hear that. Yeah, you know, you never know if it's working until it comes out. You know, uh, yeah, you just do it. Well, for me, and it's I'm probably not your target audience. Uh, <laughs> I definitely enjoy it. So <laughs> there you go. That's nice, no, Ben. Um, okay, well, let's just quickly go under the foundation now and talk about this because it has just been because it's it's only just over a ten, five six. How old is it now? This is our thirteenth year. Thirteenth year. <laughs> it it seems I don't. Just having a look at the history of it, it seems to have overwhelming support and it seems to have been growing. Is it growing much quicker than you really thought it was going to be or has it had as – like is the impact to be much bigger than you imagined? Oh, you know, 100 times more than I imagined. I, look, I didn't set out to start a charity or a foundation, to be honest. I mean, it would be nice to say I did. But I did set out to help some kids who were in a mm. juvenile justice centre. Uh, so the idea was I knew how important music is and yep. all the wonderful things that music can do apart from the joy of music and the, and the comfort of music or the solace uh, it's it's uh, wonderful yeah, you need creativity and imagination particularly if you're on the wrong side of the tracks yeah, sure. wrong side of advantage like a lot of these kids are I just thought it might I'd always had this idea for years when I was working flat out and doing concerts that the music is disappearing out of the school system sure. they don't have music teachers in you know, so over 70% of the public schools mm. don't have a music teacher, a specialised music teacher. So I th- I thought I would just start off, and I did with a, a juvenile justice centre, and then that worked, and then I went to another one. But at that time, I was just doing it myself. Well, with a friend, mm. Alan Caswell, uh, who wrote songs with me. And um, then uh, it just started to grow, and I thought, well, these kids are in juvenile justice centre. Maybe I should be working with as well with kids younger than this, get sure. them young. So I start working at schools. Then before I knew it, I had to get registered to be a charity and mm. you go through all that stuff. I thought, oh, what am I doing yet? But then it went, like, so many more things about it that I didn't know. I yeah, mean, sure. That in terms of the fact that music has got all the things that you would know and I know that, you know, what it, it can mean to you. Sure. Uh, and I often say to, like, there are a lot of charities around that look after Kids, whether you know, but they're mainly the physical well-being, whether they're fed, clothing, all important things. But you've mm. got to have something for the soul. Yeah, you've got to have something sure. for the heart. And music gets that mm. spark, and that's it. Uh, so it's it's grown exponentially. Uh, the only thing we lack, we ever lack, is is funding because we've got yeah. hundreds of schools on our waiting list, and we're in juvenile justice centres and schools and indigenous areas all over Australia, and uh, helping with refugees and uh, and music is just magic the way it works with people and communities brings communities together and it's 
self-esteem, self-expression. I was going to say on that, I was look, reading on the website a couple of the testimonials from the ch- some of the people that it's, you know, there's a couple of kids on there that have sort of talked about how it's helped them along. Like you said before, I mean, as a musician yourself, you've kind of always been touched by what music means to you personally and it's just why you do it and it's why you love doing it. But do you still quite shocked at the impact that it has on someone that you just may not have guessed would have had that same impact? Well, I'm not actually surprised anymore because I've seen it happen to too many. Uh, been going for 13 yeah, years sure. on this particular journey um, and it's um, I'm surprised by the, uh, by the difficulty it can be in convincing the powers that be how important music is. Sure. Because it's a no-brainer when you see it in action and the way mm. it can transform a school or tra- you know transform a child and it's it's education it's you know we we're, we're not out there looking for musicians we're out there sh- using music to yeah, show sure, as it is an empowering tool empowering yep give kids the uh, as I said apart from the joy it's you know the imagination and the creativity and the discipline to realize they can do something yeah. different or they can make their life different we show them a there are other things available to them. You know? So it, it, it's educational and it's fun. Yeah, because there's huge heavyweights. I was looking at the board members. There's some, you got some, there's some big people behind you, isn't oh, there? Yeah. And even the people that perform with you. I mean, you've got the uh, Tim no. Finn, Justin Clark, a whole bunch of people that lend their names oh, we've got, to this you stuff. Know, well, our patron, my, my first patron was Dame Joan Sutherland. Yeah, right. And then uh, when she passed away, since then my patron has been... Uh, Dame Marie Vichier. So uh, they are obviously two people who understand what music can be. So they both, Marie Vichier is a wonderful musician, but also just understands completely how music can empower Mm. uh, people, particularly there's people on the wrong side. There's one quote on the thing from you. It says, research has proven the importance of music and arts education, and yet so many children don't have access to music lessons. This is alarming. Every private school in the world teaches music. When I was young, every school had a music teacher and piano. Where did the system go wrong? Did you find out where it went wrong? Yeah, well, yeah, it it went wrong because uh, every time anybody wanted a budget cut, nobody could really understand what they understood 100 years ago, that music yeah. should be in all the schools. And then it's a nice way, music's not that important, so you know, make sure they learn this, make sure they learn that. But uh, it's the, the research is just irrefutable around the mm. world, but growing at tremendous rate. The, the, the concern around the world with the leading educationalists like Sir Ken Livingston, people like that, who say well, we're teaching creativity out of our children we have to creativity is vital mm. and uh, we've got to change what we're doing and they need music and they need music and the arts i think one of the secrets of our success is that when from the day we started i i said the teachers have to be permanent so we we don't we 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 go every week yeah. uh, and we won't start a program unless we have the money to go for, say, three years. So we really stay there for the long haul and for the distance. And some schools we've been in for 10 years now. One juvenile justice centre, been there. When I started in, we're still in. I did I did notice that on the site that you say, unless you have funding for a minimum of three years, you won't start the program. Mm. 
And that's a, that's an incredibly insightful concept to be able to go, you can, we just can't do this over a weekend. Just this, it has to permeate their lives. It needs to become a constant for them to get the most yeah, benefit. Yeah, it does because, you know, I mean, well, if you're trying to teach physics, would you do it on a workshop and disappear? No, you've got to keep going. Uh, but even more so, I think. With, I think with a music. workshop's probably as long as I'd stay for physics, though. <laughs> no, I probably not a good example. <laughs> it's just off the top of my head. But the um, look, the important thing about it is also the long-term thing is that we work in particularly difficult areas. Mm. So we, we are aiming at the, dis- the kids who really need it. Now, a lot yep. of these kids have been abused. A lot of these kids are in remote areas, indigenous or they're refugees. Some schools are in have got 40 nationalities. You need time to win their trust. Yeah, sure. You need time for them to understand. They might immediately grasp the joy of it and yep. sing and clap and dance. But to actually get that transformational education sure. process going, you need to be there and they need to depend on you there. They yep. know that you're going to be there. And even if you go to a juvenile justice centre or some area and they don't want to talk to you for a couple of weeks, yep. you just keep turning up. Sure. And you're there. And you don't push, but you just do. Yep. And then they come to you and it so never fails. They'll get into yeah. it. And then before you know it, you've got this bunch of kids who were just completely disengaged with everything and anybody are suddenly excited doing sure. something and they're they're into it yeah. and they love it and it's just it's a you know changing young lives yeah. through music it yeah. does it works you must have a pretty strong team behind you sort of like i mean obviously if you go to a juvenile justice center if you're going to different communities or if you, i mean they're all going to need different approaches it and uh, not but like from a curriculum perspective no, look, programs are all mm. there's no one set program mm. everything is to the, that particular we have a our teachers have uh, uh, a very eclectic bunch of people sure. I mean, we've got them all over Australia and but they've got to have the passion obviously they've got to have compassion they have to have the empathy yep and the patience to do it and it's not it's not a lot of people can't do it because it's pretty tough, mm. uh, but it's uh, but the rewards are great. Yeah, and uh, so I this couldn't work if I didn't find the right teachers. Yeah, sure. And uh, it is all about having that belief and the, the empathy to mm. to win the trust and and be patient. And I think also too just. As you said, starting something that you thought was going to be a little bit of a part-time thing and watch it snowball into <laughs> what it is. Yeah. You know, obviously there's a side of that's quite exhausting, but um, but just a really great testament of how needed it is and how yeah, how I guess how much people were looking for something. Yeah, and uh, look, as I said, I, I I had no idea was going to be you know that what I was sort of getting onto was is yep. was, was needed that much you mm. know I mean I just thought it would be nice if I could help a couple of kids yeah sure through a bad time uh, so now I'm lucky enough to have a lot of people helping me yeah so, right. that's good good for me it is, and it's you know, it's good for them, and it's good for everyone. Well, I mean, it's good for me, great. like that. I've got no, good I people. No, I understand. You know, I, mean, I, I understand. Trust I mean, me. I don't. I don't but think, I've managed um, to find some good, great, great people yeah. who can can implement these ideas. Yeah. You know? Otherwise, all right. Well, thank you very much for your time. Hey. So I really appreciate it. It has been an enormous pleasure, and I believe you're on holidays tomorrow. So I hope there's some relaxing. I am going in there on a holiday. It's a short one. <laughs> it's been a while. 
Hey, no, nice to talk to you, Ben. Yeah, thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. If you'd like to learn more about Don, you can go to his website at donspencer.com.au or if you want more information about the Australian Children's Music Foundation, go to acmf.com.au. And of course, for more parent time goodness, you can visit www.bennytime.com. Thanks for listening to me, Benny, asking people questions.